0: Encourage you to take your copy of the scriptures and turn with me to Genesis chapter 31 Genesis chapter 31 now we're going to pick up in verse 17 last week we covered the first 16 verses of this passage you may recall that uh, last week we looked at uh, how do you determine the will of God You see, there is Jacob with his uncle Laban. And you may recall that um, he had lost favor with his family. The sons of Laban thought he was, Hey, we're preaching here. (laughs) Earlier I was thinking how beautiful they sounded. (laughs) Yes, his sons had thought Jacob was taking their inheritance, and Laban had just grown weary of Jacob, and, and Jacob thought, man, it's time to go. And when we come here to verse 17, he does just that. So let's pray together, and we'll dive in our study here this morning. Our Father in heaven, God, we love you. We love your word. We love to hear it. We love to read it. We love to take it in because God, we, we want to learn more about you, more about your character, what you've done in the past and what you will do in the future. We ask God now that your Holy Spirit will teach us here today. Make truths abundantly clear so that we understand them, we accept them as true, we believe deeply in them and our lives will be changed. And so be honored in this time, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. When I was a kid, there was a song that came out entitled 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover." Now, I mentioned that only so it's stuck in your head the rest of the day. <laughs> you may recall, you know, get out the back, Jack, no need to be coy or roy, and just... You know, it's just this whole list of names of get out of there. And frankly, that really fits the mood of Jacob's departure here. There's no party. There's no hugging and crying. And, oh, it'll be so long, but we'll miss you. Nope. Out they go. Take a look with me, if you will. Because what we're going to see, that on his way out, the Lord provides for him great protection. And here in verse 3, we saw that the Lord had already told him to leave and that he would be with them. Return back to your family, your home, and I will be with you. Two very important promises. And so we see here in verse 17, the objective that Jacob has so Jacob arose, set his sons and his wives on camels, and he drove away all his livestock, all his property that he had gained, the livestock in his possession that he had acquired in Padan Aram, to go to the land of Canaan to his father Isaac. The objective was to get home. And we notice the opportunity for, for him to scoot is described here in verse 19. You see, Laban had gone out to shear his sheep, and Rachel stole her father's household gods. You're like, whoa, what's that all about? Is this Rachel an uh, idol worshiper? And I'll tell you, the uh, significance of this, of what she did, is perhaps the reason for the theft lies in the fact that according to the culture in which she lived, He who possesses the household God was the legitimate heir. And so it wasn't so much that they would have another God to worship as much as she wanted to make sure she got her inheritance even though she was leaving. But the opportunity is Laban has gone to shear his sheep. He's not home. Let's get out of here. And you'll notice his strategy here in verse 20 his strategy to get home I mean the Lord is protecting Jacob here through instruction God instructs us to be where he would have us to be for his purposes and at times our own safety but notice here the strategy and Jacob tricked that's an interesting word not something you'd expect to find in the Bible it just means he deceived Laban He tricked Laban the Aramean by not telling him that he intended to flee. And he fled with all that he had and arose and crossed the Euphrates and set his face toward the hill country of Gilead. He's heading home, my friends. But what a way to go. And I'll tell you what, that's not the way you want to leave. And, you know, it's not hard to follow the life of Jacob and say, Hey, don't do that. You see what he did here? Don't do that. But I'll tell you what, there is a lot of animosity toward him, as we will see, as uh, the Lord not only protects him by instructing him to leave, the Lord protects him by restraining his adversary. And we don't often think about the providence of God working in and around us, some of the stuff we never see. It was Amy Grant wrote a song about angels, you know, and, and how uh, they protect us in traffic and get a driver to take a turn. Oh, there's a big, you know, big McDonald's over there. Oh, let's go in there. And they get off the road, and you are able to get by safely. We know that God works in all kinds of ways looking out for his children. And that happens here with Jacob. The Lord protects him by restraining his adversary. Because we see in verse 22, Laban is now hotly pursuing Jacob. And when it was told, Laban on the third day that Jacob had fled, he took his kinsmen with him and pursued him for seven days and followed close after him into the hill country of Gilead. And so there is Laban. And who knows what kind of things going through his mind when I catch up with that guy. I'm gonna lay into that. How dare he run off with my daughters and my my son and all of these people and all of my things? I'll tell you what. And you know how that is. Driving over, you I'll give them a piece of my mind. But notice what happens here, friends. But God came to Laban the Aramian in a dream by night and said to him, you be careful not to say anything to Jacob, either good or bad. Zip it. And the whole point of this was not so much the instruction, but the Lord God had said, don't mess with this guy. He's mine. And I'll tell you what, friends, the same is true for you. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you put your faith in Jesus. You belong to him. You don't mess with that guy. Yeah. But notice here, my friends. Verse 25. And Laban overtook Jacob. Now, it wouldn't be difficult with the children and all of the animals to catch up with him. But notice Jacob had pitched his tent in the hill country, and Laban with his kinsmen pitched tents in the hill country of Gilead. And Laban said to Jacob, what have you done that you have tricked me and driven away my daughters like captives of the sword? Now you and I know from studying early the first part of this chapter, Jacob had said, hey, look at the situation here. I'm no longer favored. As a matter of fact, they don't even like me around here anymore. You remember his wives, Jacob, uh, Rachel and Leah said, hey, do what the Lord tells you to do. That's some great advice, by the way. But they were all in. If it's time to go, it's time to go. So Laban's accusation here is that he has taken them away like captives. And so we see Laban's accusation, and here Laban offers a complaint. He says, why did you fly, flee secretly and trick me? That did not tell me so that I might have sent you away with mirth and song and tambourines and lyre. We could have had a party. And something tells me that isn't altogether true. But he would have at least have known that he was leaving for sure. And look at Laban's intent. I mean, he didn't ride all the way out here with all of his men just to say, Hey, I wish you could have had a party. Look at it in verse 28, he says, And why did you not permit me to kiss my sons and my daughters farewell? Now you have done foolishly. And here in verse 29, he says, It is in my power to do you harm. But the God of your father spoke to me last night, saying, be careful not to say anything to Jacob, either good or bad. And now you have gone away because you long greatly for your father's house. But why did you steal my gods? Now, can we pause for just a moment and think about how ridiculous that sounds? The gods whom he worshiped were able to be swiped (laughs) that's not a very powerful God not only that these this God that he worshiped was able to be hidden and take a look what happens here now the Lord in part of this protection in restraining his adversary is now rebuking Laban through Jacob look at what Jacob how he answers him Jacob answered and said to Laban because I was afraid Now we're gonna have to talk about that friends fear is the opposite of faith fear is the opposite of faith when we fear what we're saying is there is not a God who watches over me, who has no purpose in my life through this difficult time. Fear is the opposite of faith, my friends. Faith is not wishing and wanting. Faith is God has made promises and I believe him. God has said he will never leave us or forsake us and I believe that's true. There's no need for anxiety when you know your God. Because you know everything has purpose. You may not know your tomorrows, and oh, you may fret about them, but it is unnecessary. Because God knows our tomorrows. And God has a perfect plan in our life. Not to make you easy and lazy and make sure every TV channel comes in, my friend. But to accomplish His perfect work in your life. And he will do whatever it takes and provide every resource of heaven to make sure you're able to get through it. There's no reason to fear. But Jacob says, because I was afraid. Now, Jacob maybe had some reason for this. He says, because I thought that you would take your daughters from me by force. And the fact of the matter is Jacob knew Laban enough to know this was the case. Jacob could have said, look, the reason I left is because you're a horrible man. He wouldn't have made any friends that way, but let's notice what he does say. He says, I snuck away because you are not to be trusted. You are not to be trusted. Look at verse 32. Anyone with whom you find your gods shall not live. And in the presence of our kinsmen, point out what I have that is yours and take it. Now, Jacob did not know that Rachel had stolen them. And he just said, whoever hasn't, go ahead and kill him. You see, why he's able to say this is two reasons. One, he doesn't know everything. And two, apparently uh, he's a man of integrity. If it belongs to you, why would I take it? Which, by the way, is a great example to set for us. If it's not yours, don't take it. Yeah, but it's just, there it was a cup sitting here, and I didn't know who to whom it belonged. Well, it ain't yours. Don't touch it. Yeah. But notice... This uh, awakened something in Jacob's mind. So Laban went into Jacob's tent and Leah's tent and into the tent of the two female servants, but he did not find them. And he went out of Leah's tent and entered Rachel's. Now Rachel had taken the household gods and put them on the camel saddle and sat on them. And Laban felt all about the tent, but he did not find them. And she said to her father, "Let not my lord be angry that I cannot rise before you, for the way of woman is upon me." About every month, yeah, that's what he's talking about here, or she's talking about. The way of women is upon me. So he searched, but did not find the household gods. Then notice verse thirty-six, Jacob became very angry and berated Laban. And Jacob said to Laban, What is my offense? What is my sin that you have hotly pursued me? For you have felt through all of my goods, and what have you found of all your household goods? Set it here before my kinsmen and your kinsmen that they may decide between us two. You have unjustly hunted me down, Jacob says. And not only that, Jacob, who's a bit hot under the collar at this point, begins to lay out that not only have I been the model employee, you have been a terrible employer. Look what he says here. These 20 years I have been with you. You may recall that uh, Jacob wanted to marry Rachel. And they had the great festival and the drinking and the dancing. And then he went to bed and he woke up with Leah instead, you know. So from the very beginning, Laban has been unkind. But notice, these 20 years I've been with you, verse 38. Your ewes and your female goats have not miscarried. And I have not eaten the rams of your flocks. Your flocks have flourished, he says here. He says, I have borne any losses. What was torn, verse 39, by wild beasts I did not bring to you. I bore the loss of it myself. From my hand you required it, whether stolen by day or stolen by night. Here Jacob says, and I endured personal difficulty and without complaint, notice this. There I was, verse 40, by day the heat consumed me, and the cold by night, and my sleep fled from my eyes. And these twenty years I have been in your house, I have served you fourteen years for your two daughters, and six years for your flock. And you have changed my wages ten times. Now that expression 10 times is used a number of times throughout the Bible and it doesn't literally mean 10, it means over and over and over again, you know, we we use numbers loosely in our culture. I must have done it a hundred times. Well, we didn't really mean that. We just meant frequency. And so here is Jacob rebuking Laban. And you will notice how he finishes this up. Notice carefully his perspective on all of the years of fruitfulness. Verse 42, If the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the fear of Isaac had not been on my side, surely now you would have sent me away empty-handed. And God saw my affliction. Know this, my friends. God is not away on vacation. He knows what you endure. God saw my affliction and the labor of my hands and rebuked you last night. And said so the Lord, looking out for Jacob, here's a man that came hard after him, angry, ready to really lay into him. But the Lord restrained him. And the Lord rebuked him from Jacob. And then finally here, the third way in which the Lord protected Jacob and will often protect us is by means of separation. And so at the end of this great big uh, confrontation where Laban complains and Jacob answers... Laban now proposes a covenant between the two. Now, the purpose of a covenant is supposed to lay out guidelines for a relationship. How we can live together. How we can do business together. When you got married, if you were, you know, you, you made a covenant with your spouse. You know, we call them Vows and we uh, you know we get nervous about them and we talk about them but the most important thing is that we live them out melanie and i um i think i don't know if it was our kids or not but in our living room we have our vows in our, our living it's done really beautifully artistically it's it's wonderful but it's great to read them through let me do a little check how's that going dave was that going now? Not for me to look at hers, but for me to look at mine. Because those are the ones that I will be accountable to God for. You said it? Have you done it? Is this the lifestyle of love? Yeah. So Laban, verse 33, answered and said to Jacob, the daughters are my daughters, the children are my children, the flocks are my flock, and all that you see is mine. The oxygen and the clouds and mine, mine, mine. Here's Lathan. What can I do this day for these my daughters or for their children whom they have born? Come now, let us make a covenant, you and I, and let it be a witness between you and me. And so he puts forth a sign of this covenant. <clears throat> And Jacob took a stone and set it up as a pillar. And Jacob said to his kinsmen, Gather stones. And they took stones and made a heap. And there they, there by the heap, Laban called this heap, Jagar, (laughs) Go ahead, you read it yourself, okay? Uh, But Jacob called it Galeed, And Laban said, This heap is a witness between you, and me today, and therefore named it Galilee and Mizpah. I wonder if you've ever heard that term, Mizpah. Christian bookstores make much of this. I'll tell you, you can buy jewelry with Mizpah on it. And, and when I was a student at Moody Bible Institute, we, uh, we finally read this and we got to know what was behind this. You see, um, this Mizpah means a uh, watchtower. And this is the watchtowers, the Lord, looking out for each other between you and me when we are out of sight. The Lord, look at here at this quote, the Lord watch between you and me when we are out of one another's sight. And boys would buy it for their girlfriends and girlfriends would buy it for their boyfriends. And, oh, we can't be together, but the Lord watch out for us. Friends, these two people don't trust one another at all. That's the whole point of this. Don't you abuse my daughters? Don't you do any harm to them? That's what this is, or the Lord's going to get you. Not at all what these little girls and little boys thought it was about. And so here's a covenant between two men who don't trust one another at all. (coughs) And look at the terms here in verse 50. If you oppress my daughters, or if you take wives beside my daughters... Although no one is with us, see God is witness between you and me. Then Laban said to Jacob, See this heap and this uh, the pillar which I have set between you and me. This heap is a witness, and the pillar is a witness that I will not pass over to help you. And I will not pass over this heap and this pillar to me. You don't come past here, and I won't come past here. Here's the covenant. You stay over here, and I'll stay over here, and we'll just be happy about it. So Jacob swore by the fear of his father Isaac. Say, what in the world is that? That's the second time that appeared. He's talking about his faith. The fear of God is the beginning of of wisdom, I'm sorry. And what is fear? It is the serving of God. It is the faith in God. It is not the trembling about God. It is about honoring Him with our lives. And so the fear of His father Isaac, He swore by the fear of His father. He basically swore to the Lord. And Jacob offered a sacrifice in the hill country and called his kinsmen to eat bread. And they ate bread and they spent the night in the hill country. Early in the morning, Laban arose and kissed his grandchildren and his daughters and blessed them. Then Laban departed and returned home. And thus ends this section of Jacob's life. Time away sent by his parents to Laban in order that he might find a wife and maybe have a little character lesson here or there the lord is good to shape us through difficult times well let's wrap it up here my friends the lord is always present to protect his children When we talk about the presence of god we're not saying he just hangs around us to see what we're going to do next it means he is working for us, for our benefit, to chip away at our life, conforming our character to the character of Christ. But he is always present, my friend. There is never a time where God is away. Oh, God is busy off doing some other thing. It's a wonderful picture. God's faithfulness and his love for us what ought we to do about it well it's awfully nice that God is doing all of these things for us how ought we to respond we ought to obey him obey his word obey the leading of his spirit obey the conscience that weighs on you It says you know this isn't right get on it You know you should have done this by now, begin it. Obey God, my friends, trust in Him. Trust in God to never leave you or forsake you. Do you believe that God is constantly working in your life to shape you, to prepare you, to transform you, my friends? How blessed are we to know that there is a God who cares enough about us to do this work. And finally, separate with people who oppose God's will in your life. Friends, if there are people in your life tugging you the other way, it might be time to say goodbye. It might be time to say maybe a little less time turn off the television or the radio or the put down the novels that put our attention in another direction my friends god at work in our life aren't you grateful for those difficult days that you know are the fingerprints of god shaping our character trust him my friends and obey our father in heaven god we thank you we thank you for your word that records events like this